This episode is brought to you by the generous patrons who supported us over at patreon.com slash inspiration point. So we want to give a big thank you to our patrons, Kate Prostaskius, Leroy, Josh, Kiana, Fallon Gore, Spike, Chris, Konohamaru, Booyag, Starry, Red Dead Coquette, Logan, Punch and Potato, and Jen Solo. Thank you again for helping us to put a little more inspiration out into the world. And now, on to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another scrumtralescent episode of Inspiration Point. I am Andrew. And I'm Adam. Sometimes you remember what's scrumtralescence from? Yes, that is from uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Where Was it? Oh, yeah. Oh, I think I'm thinking of scrumdiddlyumptious. Yes. Scrumtralescent is from an SNL sketch where Will Ferrell plays James Lipton on Inside the Actors Studio. Oh, yes. He is interviewing Alec Baldwin as Charles Nelson Riley. You are a blinding light from heaven. Like he's always like way too thick on the compliments. I like some of those questions in those interviews. I remember he did one with Robin Williams that, that tickled me. Um, mm. Like in real life, not the SNL sketch. A- actual James Lipton. Yeah, actual James Lipton, exactly. Oh, um, man. Yeah. Did you see him on Arrested Development where he was... He I don't was remember him on that show, but that's been a minute. He was, a, he was a prison warden who was trying to write a play... <laughs> <laughs> and and he tried basically like workshopping or like testing it by having a bunch of kids do it as their like school play. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and you have these like 12 year olds playing out these extremely mature prison <laughs> scenes talking about like threatening to beat each other with a pillowcase full of batteries. <laughs> like, oh my God. Uh Super good. Prison Super is good. funny. Oh, totally. <laughs> it's just, just really a, a riot, you know? Just a, you might say. Well, <laughs> there are riots. Uh, yep. Yep. I mean, sometimes, you know, unrelated, <laughs> I, I have a question. Uh, why, why did the man fall down the well? Uh, I don't know, uh, Andrew. Why did the man fall down the well? Because he didn't see that well. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I guess he didn't. My son told me that tonight. I was like, hey, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, well done. Well done. Uh, well done. Well done. <laughs> he says, I'm no? just going to say it again. He probably didn't hear me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <sh> <laughs> okay. How are okay. you? <clears throat> How am I? Is was that how the are, uh, Yes. How are you? How <laughs> how are you? Well, I hope. Oh huh? my god. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I was fine, uh, <laughs> but now you're even better. Now I'm even better. Um, I'm okay. 
you know, I'm, I'm doing the grind and uh, I'm already mm. tired and I already want a vacation. I need mm. to have a more meaningful vacation. I need to like go back into nature or something. I need to go fishing. You know, I need to, mm. I need to smell the sea. Uh, got to get up. We got to get, get, uh, get up to Nemo Bay, right? Sure. Anything called Bay, probably. Um, that, that's that's where Denny and Alan go fishing, man. Oh yeah, where where you go up and you blow the head off a salmon with a shotgun. Look, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I got one. They also went to a dude ranch once. Uh, I would do that in a heartbeat, man. Are, I love horseback riding. The, I would even just take the balcony time overlooking the city uh, mm. with the. With a decanter of, of whiskey. That would be go. an enjoyable evening. That ain't your nature, though. Well, it's a type of nature. Uh, it's a, yeah, that, that's true. But yeah, like maybe in a very tall cabin, perhaps. Uh, that could be mm. the, the way to go. Maybe just old school rocking chairs on the porch. Just like there sitting go. there saying, yep, back and forth. Yep. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Storms are coming. Yep. Storms. <laughs> storms are brewing. I can feel it in my bones. They're starting to ache. Oh, oh uh, my knees. My rheumatism's acting up. My rheumatism. <laughs> my rheumatism. <laughs> oh my gosh! I, I remember that from back when I was a kid. I used to religiously watch. The Beverly Hillbillies. Mm, that when explains I'd wake a lot. For you know, it kind of does. <laughs> that, that's why I get so excited about your uh, the character, uh, the NPC you have from Fair Middle in our game, whose name is Jed. I always like in my head his last name's Clampett, and man, just I still remember Granny always ranting about her rheumatism. <laughs> And doing all their laundry and like raw lie, oh. <laughs> just like burns into a crisp. <laughs> uh, oh, I got another good uh, old timey sickness that that uh, my character could suffer from. Uh, Ooh, uh, uh, dyspepsia. 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 Oh man, that almost sounds like a refreshing. Cold. I know, but I, apparently it's not. But it's not. Right. We could mm. always uh, use the tried and true gout. That's a real Gout, one. That's a good one. I mean, and who can forget about dysentery? Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, King I mean, John, uh, uh, who signed the Magna Carta, famously died of dysentery. And and all of us famously died of dysentery <laughs> while playing, playing the Oregon, Oregon Trail. Trail. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's right. right. Yeah. That, Pro Man. tip, kids, next time you play Oregon Trail, don't name all the characters after your actual family members. Uh, just Or don't name them at all. Don't get attached. <laughs> just don't get attached. You will, they will be ripped from your uh, your slowly dying grasp. Take a page from Kratos' book. Just name your son Boy. 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 That's right. Um, so that is the play. If you're going to... Literally, we could say boot up <laughs> the mm. Oregon Trail, mm. you know, with on oh, your man. on your flappy 
Your flappy, your floppy disk. <laughs> your flappy disk. <laughs> they were flappy though. I mean, they're both flappy oh, and floppy. Um, we should totally make like a like a cheap crappy mod of Flappy Bird, where it's just an old disk bending around instead of some weird dopey bird. I'm pretty flappy sure you can disc. do all the same mechanics. Like you just press space bar to flap up. Yeah. No. Like there. When I. When I worked over at uh, at Google for a while, don't get excited. I was there as a contractor. I was a red badge, not a white badge. So don't get crazy, all y'all at home. I didn't get to really work for Google. You think I'd be doing this if I was doing that? <laughs> Hell no. no. Of course Hell not. No. Um, but when I was over there, I uh, did some work for the uh, the Google Play uh app store for for android and you would see countless apps get submitted that were essentially using the flappy bird engine like oh yeah well once anything gets famous simply it's it's, it you know you think it's bad with like ubisoft you know like mobile games are just so egregious with the the outright theft of each other's ideas you know and just like barely even slapping on a skin to their their wanton clone. It's uh, like it's so. This bad. is a skateboarding game, but they just like pasted Peppa Pig on top of the character. <laughs> like, why is Peppa skateboarding? Like, nothing could, around her looks like Peppa. What <laughs> is going on? It says the name of the original game, and there's just a line through it, and then. Below it says <laughs> Peppa. Peppa, Peppa Pig, Pro Skater. <laughs> pro Skater. <laughs> Check out what she does in this oh, half man. Bike, bro. It's sick. <laughs> like, there's only five mobile games that, like, exist, you know? And you really just find different versions with different skins. Um, I, I even downloaded one, uh, and I'm, like, ashamed to play it, you know? Like, it's just like a... <laughs> match three gem game you know oh. where you but in this one you get to control characters and level up and build a base and i'm just like oh yeah it's like freaking puzzle quest yeah and i'm just like this is so stupid like i can't wait till i'm over this and i get just deleted you know <laughs> there are there are some times where like sometimes like, you do okay. want to just turn the old brain off and just click the pretties I mean, I get take, it, right? Take those games and just subtract the idea of microtransactions, and they're great. Well, and it's, w- it's hard to get around that because you have to, like, you know, click off all the offers. There's, like, eight offers. Oh, my God. Like, limited time sale. I'm like, I'm pretty sure none of this is really all that limited. Um, right. <laughs> It'll be back. Is it really special? Whether we want it to or not. When you have 10 sales a day going on. But you totally had those little like match three um, little games way back before they tried to like get you to sell your kidney or your firstborn child in order to get some some stupid gold coins in order to buy nothing. Plus the Um, thing is like the the prices for anything you buy on a mobile game are just so high because 
that is the successful business model. It, it's not about, and you know this very well. I'm, you know, oh sure. It, it's it's not about getting the mass market. It's about getting the whales, right? You land those whales. When you land the whales, these are guys that will pay, you know, a thousand dollars to get the slightest of increases. You know, each time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't oh. know where they have this money from. Maybe they're just wealthy or something, or but. Uh, I assume it's probably not you, the healthiest thing. You, you legit do get like, we, we had, uh, I worked on some free to play MMOs mm-hmm. back in the day and you'd get like every now and then a player would join the game who no joke would be like a freaking investment banker or something like that. And he just do this for kicks in his off time. He's like, I just need to kill some time or whatever. And this is fun and I can throw money at it and, you know, boost myself through the roof. And it's a great time. Mm -hmm. We're like, all right, you know, we'll take your money. (laughs) Like that's a win-win, you know, great. And, and then when they leave the game, the entire thing has to <laughs> shut down. <laughs> They're literally the patron of the entire system. They That is yeah. not even an exaggeration. I've I, seen that happen a time or two. The, the mobile it's game crazy. I got the most involved with was uh, Marvel Strike Force. Uh, I got... Hmm. I, like, joined a guild. I was doing daily oh. raids. Like, like You every, were in it. Oh, yeah. I'd wake up in the morning... And I'd hit snooze and start doing my my dailies basically to to wake up. Oh my god! And like we had a Discord server, and I would like check in, and I'd have to like look up the raid routes that each of us could take to maximize our efficiency. You know, um, nerd. <laughs> oh yeah, I had to like join up through Reddit, and you know, in order to like progress any further. And try to get my juggernaut up to like seven stars or whatever it was. Oh my god! And uh, then, like, as I was really kind of scratching the top of the game there for a while, it was like, okay, there's really only like seven characters that are even relevant in this game at all, and this is just tiresome. And in every PvP match, I'm seeing the exact same team. Over and over uh, again. And the power creep in that game was like a real man. Like they would release a bunch of trash champions and then there'd be like one that would just like break the game and you would basically just be forced to get them. It's like, oh, gee, I wonder which one I should grab. Yeah. So I only ever had like one character that was like truly worth it, who was Magneto. And uh, mm. I couldn't, I couldn't unlock Jean Grey's uh, Phoenix, and so uh. then I was just like, "Well, I'm just gonna quit because this. I already hate doing this, and I can, oh, yeah, I can't believe this. Well, this is what I spend time doing, and like one day the the spell just broke, right? And I just I went on the Discord and I like break up with my group, right? You know, and just tell them, "Hey guys, I'm done." Guys, I just can't anymore. And they're, and they're just the like, oh, yeah, smack. that's fine. Thanks. Have fun. We'll see you around. Glad to know our relationship you meant know. so much to you. Oh, I mean, oh. you know. <laughs> you guys suck. I don't like it's such a dumb thing. It's like you're not really building a community. You're you're all just bots working for each other as more bots, you know. And uh, 
that you own the only reason you even have the community feeling is because it's harder to quit that way you know oh because now you feel Man. guilty yeah it's just uh whatever i didn't spend very much on that i think i may have spent altogether like ten dollars uh oh so i'm Man. glad i didn't get uh too far into that um, yeah dude reclaim that little shred of your soul yeah i mean it's one of those games you just kind of feel icky afterwards you're like i can't believe i like spent so much time doing that with so you look dumb. in the mirror what have i become? what have i become you oh, know am I? but now i'm now i've ascended because now i play elden ring uh or i played elden ring so now i'm just better than other people um, yeah so yeah i mean i mean but like oh no just kidding I, I downloaded now. this match three recently so now i guess i'm not any better than anyone else uh <laughs> you succumb i did although i'm looking forward to playing elden ring again but i want some time where i can really sit with it i i do it. i do need to i do need to get back to it i've you, meant you gotta to finish it man you gotta finish yeah. the game no i i really do i i just i took a little break and then you know how yeah. i do like i just started getting distracted by With a million more things, things and, and yeah, it's like, oh, totally normal. three months have gone by and I haven't played it again. Well, I'm also waiting for like some of the first major DLC to come out. If there's going to be any, um, and if there is you great. and everyone else, man. Oh yeah. Well, in the meantime, there's going to be like uh God of War Ragnarok coming around. The, oh, the I can't wait. And there's, but I don't have a PS five. I don't know what I'm going to do. And presumably someday Baldur's Gate three will be fully released. Nah, and I keep seeing the updates for like new classes and races coming out for the beta, and I'm just I'm just holding off at this point because I really played that early beta like way too much. I knew you would, and I was like, "Oh, he's <laughs> gonna hit it! He's gonna hit it hard!" <laughs> oh, I hit it way hard, man! Like I, I think I made you ten did. different ults, you know, oh and and did the, like as much as you basically could in that first act just over and over and over again. So mm-hmm. I keep seeing new stuff come out for it and I'm, I'm glad to see it. I'm glad it's there. Uh, but I, I am going to wait till it's new um, and, and done and runs better on my system. Yeah. There you go. So there you go. But man, once that game comes out, uh, the listeners may not hear from me for a week or two, which will be fine. Cause they won't be listening either. They'll also be playing the game. I'm sure. Um, yep. <laughs> we'll, we'll all just, just take a take we'll a break. Just, we'll call it Baldur's break. <laughs> Baldur's break. Yep, that's right. You're breaking my uh, Baldur's. <laughs> you're breaking my Baldur's. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, you know, I know how how the good peoples love our love our intros. Our twenty but, minute uh, nonsense fest. Hey. We're only at nineteen thirty, okay? We're doing fine. <laughs> what what are you what are you thinking about this evening? Well, what I'm thinking about is what we always think about on this show, but it's time to take over the world. Uh are you pondering what I'm pondering, brain? <laughs> oh wait, no, that's not right. I got it reversed. Pinky, are you pondering what I'm pondering? I think so, brain. But if they called them sad meals, the children wouldn't buy them. <laughs> 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 That's actually from the show. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, what we always talk about on this show is the secret ingredient. Uh, that secret ingredient being not very secret. We tell everyone it's love. We it try is. to make the best out of this hobby. Dungeons and we Dragons do. and other role playing games are wonderful. They're great systems. And even where the systems fall short, I have never found that the issue has truly lied with it. Really, right. success and failure largely depend on the people involved. In fact, I would dare say it entirely depends on that. Systems are a great way to interface with fantasy. And that is something that we've talked about in our last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But they don't bring the real magic. The magic is in creating bonds with other human beings. Yep. Leveling up in D&D is a lot of fun. But not if that level isn't meaningful. Mm-hmm. Not if there's no one around to see that you took it. Mm. If there's no one around to see your new power. But more than just showing off ourselves for those that are that are watching us to truly get the most out of it we have to also watch each other we have Mm -hmm. to pay attention to each other's accomplishments to the fulfillment of fantasy across the table as well as with ourselves Mm -hmm. and if we don't do that we are gonna hurt the game and each other most games as you well know end with a fizzle they, yeah. they open up in, in many times a very epic, dramatic, or even very heartfelt way. Mm-hmm. And then they don't end. At least not in the way that we want. They just cease. And there's a real tragedy in that. There is something that uh, feels very empty when a game is just dead. And it, it's sad for me. And I think mm. it's I think it's sad for a lot of people. But what yeah. I, what I've really realized every time that happens, it's because of well two things. One, the GM is burned out. Two, yeah, um, schedule conflicts abound. So I guess there's three things. The third thing is we actually have problems with each other and we haven't resolved them. Mm. There's nothing you and I can say about scheduling conflicts. Those are going to exist. Okay. Yeah. But I think the secret ingredient can help address those other two things. I think a large Mm. part of where GM burnout comes from not feeling that love from the players, from not feeling that appreciation, not just in the thank you after the game, but in the reactions during it. Right in their ability to interface with you and with the game and to buy in emotionally that takes a a very um well it takes willingness willingness and a, and a sense of vulnerability to put yourself in that place to give that over sometimes it doesn't come naturally right and i've seen a lot of people you included just just put it out there anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of a fake it till you make it kind of situation. That's that's what it is. Uh, <clears throat> well, I don't want to say a lot of the time because that makes it sound like it's a majority, but 
it relatively frequently. That totally is like, it's just noticing a moment and going, okay, even if I'm not feeling it, what do I think ought to be felt right now? You know, what, what kind of moment is this and how do I, you know, can, can I at least, you know, nod toward that, you know, reaction that this situation uh, calls for? Absolutely. A lot of times I find that players are trying to beat the game and, and that's a real temptation when our turn comes around that. Yeah. I've really come to dislike it too. And I'll admit that a lot of times I'm trying to win, you know, and like certainly, certainly, (laughs) I know. Yeah. But like certainly as a, as a group, we would like to win together. Right. Sure. But you know, and this is something we've, we've talked about a lot, but just the unwillingness to fail at all, you know, mm-hmm. the, that, oh, I have to use the inspiration point. I have to, I have to do the luck die, the re-roll, whatever. Um, you know, if, as long as your character isn't like built around that, like playing a divination wizard or something, sure. um, where like messing with fate is like kind of the point. Um, but other than that, just like, oh, I didn't hit, I can't stand not hitting. I can't stand not making the skill check. I'm going to re-roll this and make sure that this happens. Or worse yet, I'm going to argue with the GM until I win, until I get what I want, until <sighs> I have bent this game to my will. That is, uh, that's something I really hate. I, I mean, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I fully agree. Like I, I don't have, I I don't know that there really is any I don't know that there really is any argument to that point that I would be willing to listen to. Mm. I'm sure I'm sure someone out there could come up with reasons that they feel are valid for well, you know, if if the rules are this and that and you know, if the GM said this or that, it's like, look, when that stuff happens, if you disagree with your GM's call, it is perfectly fine to like, you know, raise your hand, present your case briefly. But if the GM doesn't want to do it, let it go. And if you want to pursue that further, you do it after the game. Mm-hmm. Please. Yeah, don't derail because there's a couple things that going to happen. One, you're going to create an awkward situation. Uh, you're going to create hard feelings. Uh, you're also going to undercut your irritation. Oh, certainly. And you're going to alienate your GM because now you've undercut them as the sort of authority of the table. And the GM really kind of needs that. The GM needs to be able to feel like they can have the final say. And if the GM like relinquishes, if the GM um, says, all right, you know what? You're right. I changed my mind. It, it, it hurts the credibility of the game. It hurts the, um, the integrity of it. And it's ultimately in the service of something that's completely self-serving. Well, I mean, I, I, I know I don't want to defend that sort of thing, but I'm going to fly in the face of what I just said. And, <laughs> Throw this, throw this out there I'm for just a throw second. This out there. Okay. If, if, 
if the GM is new or if they or if they really are like totally unaware of a certain rule or something like that, you know, and you just clue them in to the way a rule works, that's that to me is not a big disruptive thing. If you're just like, oh, actually, you know, they they have a rule for this. It is this. And that's typically how it runs. That at least, you know, is just cluing the GM in and you're not, you know, you're not trying to undermine them or anything like that. You're just saying, you know, hey, if they want to do a grapple check, you don't have to do this ad hoc thing over here. This is how it functions. And that's how we can resolve this. You could, you know, and you could also just ask like, hey, do you want to know what the the rules is written is on this? Like, because they do exist, but that's the best way to do it. I'm totally fine to do it, what you're doing, but you know, would you like to, for me to just open up the page, you know, that would be a great way to do it. Cause that can be, oh, I'm building you up kind of moment. I'm helping you. But I think even more than that, like the way I know if someone's sincerely trying to reach me versus become the dominant voice is whether or not they tell me uh one-on-one versus in public mm. right like am i do i need to feel call, called out right versus can i just um can we just talk about it right mm. and so what i really want is just this um not just like a deference to the GM, because you're right. You should be able to approach them and say, Hey, here's an issue I had. And, and absolutely. These kind of games are collaborative games. Like the GM is not the boss. And, and also something very frequent, uh, that, that I've heard, especially back in the day, very frequently is that, you know, the GM is God at the table that that presents a very skewed image of the GM's relationship to the rest of the table. Yeah. Well, and um, I, th- I think it's about respect, right? Again, the secret yeah. ingredient here is, is also applied. And yeah. is, is the correction coming from a place of genuine concern? Yeah. Did the GM make a social faux pas that, that does need to be addressed? Mm. Okay. Um, you know, if I do something really offensive or really inappropriate, or if I'm taking a scene too far or, you know, I'm hitting someone's trigger, they need to let me know that. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's perfectly understandable. Right. Where, where I don't want these kind of interventions is in the service of saying, see, I am the true, uh, authority on this. Right. Um, the, the just sort of self-aggrandizing version. And mind you, I don't see that often, you know, but sure. I've, I've seen it enough to, to remark on it, I guess I would say. And I've just, I've seen a lot of GMs um, and players alike just kind of grapple with a lot of hubris. And I'm yeah. not sure really where it comes from. Well, I, I think when, Maybe that's just it, true in every industry and hobby. Maybe. I don't know. I, I have, I have always felt like, like gaming related hobbies in particular. Um, you know, if you look at, if you look at video games from back in the day, you know, what was always, you know, your measure of worth 
You know, it's your high score. It's the freaking leaderboard. It's It's the ranking. My name is on the list above these other names. That shows how great I am. But of course, those aren't cooperative games, right? Well, exactly. But you're bringing 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 that that mentality to something cooperative. True. Exactly. And, Uh, you know, we have this tendency to want to to be better. We want to be impressive to our friends. And it, it can also kind of suck when you feel like, like the things that you do that are cool, aren't acknowledged by your friends. They're ignored and they just move along and leave you sitting there going, Oh, I thought I just did this really cool thing that you guys would like. And nobody commented or reacted or anything. Yeah. You know, and, and so that's a really good point. And, and that's where I ultimately want to bring this discussion. I don't want this to just be a, you know, complain about my pet peeves <laughs> thing, because that's not very secret ingredient either. Right. Sure. So what we do want to, what I do want to make this episode more into is listing things that you like. What are, what are some very positive uh. characteristics that, um, that uh, you like? And what are some techniques that you, suggest uh pitfalls to avoid uh that sort of thing and i don't really want each one of these to be like a deep dive and to be completely deconstructed and turned inside out i i want this to be let's throw some darts at the wall and we'll write tips on the darts okay Mm. so one that you basically just gave right now is recognize when players are trying to be recognized and then react, right? Give yep. them, give them that. Okay. Reacting in general is honestly, it's become one of my favorite, if not my favorite thing about this hobby. Like giving reactions is almost always at least pretty good. Like even just a wow, that was pretty cool. Even right. just that little amount if not said flippantly, you know, would be wow, that appreciated. Was cool. Yeah, something like that. Like, cool. wow. Oh my God, you did it again. All right. Like, obviously, right. nothing like passive aggressive <laughs> like that, right? That'd be terrible. But like, like, even after the game and the post game wrap up, I love doing that stuff. Like, just picking out people in your group and just saying, dude, your character was so cool. Oh my God, they did so much damage. Pro tip, kids. Don't talk about how awesome you were. Um, let them do that. Talk about how awesome they were. Let them talk about how awesome you are. Let that come back and forth. Right. And it's just a way more classy way of approaching things. Yeah. I mean, I I will say for the love of God, don't wait till the end of the game. Sure. It's neat to talk more about it at the end of the game, but seriously do it in the moment. Like, that that's what the that's what moments are freaking made out of absolutely you know and and in character too little too late if you wait till the end of the session sorry i just i can't (laughs) no yeah i mean i said at the very least right so like sure that's what's even better is in character saying something to the effect of hey i i trust you i believe in you you can do it or wow you your battle with that orc was intense i can't believe the kind of power 
that you wield through that sword, right? Whatever it is, or, hey, man, I know you won the day, but I also know that that fight was really important to you. I know that that guy did some terrible things in your past. Are you okay? You know, stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. doing those check-in slash compliments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? But also just, you know, here's another one. Check in with each other emotionally, mm-hmm. um, especially as characters. Um, pro tip, don't uh, belabor. <laughs> uh, that's easier said than done. Uh, right. And, and our and show is, is like just beating dead horses. Yeah. It's ad just infinitum. Yeah. Ad nauseum, you might say. Um, and, uh, you know, I would like to get better at that, frankly. Sure. Uh, I'd also like a million dollars. You and and I hate hate those circular arguments so much. We don't want to hear them anymore. Yeah. I mean, that it's hard. It's hard to avoid. It is hard to avoid. Yeah. Uh, It it can be uh, because you want to win. But that's when we get that blurred line between am I arguing character to character or am I arguing player to player? Yep. And once we're getting into player to player, we we definitely need to take a pause. We need to reset and we need to come back on neutral ground. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so because if, if we're having a battle of egos, then even um, the most legitimate um, criticism uh, will will be uh, ignored. Right. Yeah. You, you're not going to be able to get to the thing you actually need because there's because even outside the game, it's still about winning. And and that's really something right. we need to just get away from. Yeah. We need to focus on winning together. Like if somebody walks by while you're playing D&D and they don't know anything about D&D, one question they always ask is, uh, who's winning? Are you guys winning? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like. I don't know how to answer that question, right? That's not what yeah. it's what the game's about, right? So if we win, we really do it together. When when you as a party are winning together, you can feel it. Yeah. It creates those special powerful moments either in a victory over a dragon or in a victory uh over doing something good for the universe and returning that elixir or even just making a difference in uh, the the Miller's wife, you know, house, you know, whatever. Um, saving a cat, you know. It, mm-hmm. it, it, if we do those things together, when I did the Dragon Age game, a uh, little one shot, not one shot, well, like a short, mm-hmm. very short campaign uh, for the people involved with the show, um, I had them literally save a cat. And it oh, was totally. And it was something that, you know, immediately united them all. Like there was just no question that they were all going to risk their lives to go help this cat who was, who was in this cave. And, um, it was wonderful. Right. Um, so that's, that's terrific. I, I love that stuff. I love love, man. And, uh, I love feeling that positive energy at the table where everybody like appreciates each other, where they recognize each other. They love and appreciate the GM. You know, um, I give, I'll give Spike some credit here. You know, um, I was running Wrath of the Scorned um, a week ago and 
um, during the game, he was just messaging me all these very um, complimentary things like, you know, telling me that he thought I was a really, really great GM and that I was just having a hell of a session. Hmm. You know, I, I am a sucker for flattery. I will straight up say it. Right? <laughs> but I love that stuff. But, you know, it also um, it was just very validating to be like, yeah. you know, I do think I'm good at this. And I want people to occasionally tell me that I'm good at this. Yeah. But I think we all want that to some degree, whether that be as a, as a player's GM. So another pro tip, uh, compliment that, that actually is, um, a nice segue to something that I thought of a few minutes ago. And I'm glad that it hasn't, uh, slipped out of Get my brain. <laughs> Before it slips out again. Um, and that's just, you know, going back to the idea, uh, the little pro tip that you threw out there, you know, don't talk about how cool you are. You know, as much as that is off-putting, keep an eye out for it when you see other people doing it, because chances are they're doing it because they feel like no one else is noticing. Noticing. That's a really good point. Don't just go, oh, you're just being an obnoxious ass. Shut up. Instead, go, you know, okay, maybe maybe this person isn't feeling like anyone sees them feeling or a little cares about what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. So they're like, well, screw it. You know, if you want something done right, you do it yourself. Man, so, wasn't so, that thing I did great? I like, think I, I think sometimes it just comes from a place of excitement. And I think sometimes sure. it does come from a place of insecurity, you know, or kind of making up for things. And, and you're absolutely right. It, you could take that mm. as a signal. Um, yep. I would just say, does that then we, we wonder if that personality is like something we can help with or if it becomes like kind of malignant later, because even with positive feedback, it doesn't change. I mean, right? and that, if they never return that, is, that, right, that is that is its own complication. And that is frankly, that's that's just outside the scope of this particular discussion, I think. But, you know, that's something that as a group, you all out there, if you run into that sort of thing where somebody is a little too overboard with like wanting eyes on them and, you know, constant, like, tell me how awesome I am. Like, yeah, there's definitely a line. And, mm -hmm. but what that line is, is going to be unique to every group, to every player. And it's certainly something that we can control is just saying, I think that guy wants a compliment. I'm going to give him one. Right. right. That's, that's easy. Yep. yep. That's easy. Um, I'm just going to keep spitballing tips here, but if you've got one, jump in. Um, hey, a, a, a dart without a tip is just a hunk of plastic or metal. Mm -hmm. True. That just bonks into the wall and falls onto the floor. You know what was really cool with darts was was that scene in Ted Lasso. I like that. That was a good that was a good dart scene. By the way, I think Ted Lasso should be like required viewing for GMs. Um it should be required viewing for anyone. Really anybody ever. doing anything. Yeah, yeah. That's true. It's just really I, I love the infectious positivity of it, but also then kind of deconstructing that positivity into 
you know, what is good and what is actually detrimental about this. Um, mm-hmm. Which I think is just really, really smart. Considering it was just a comedy sketch three. and then became a show, like, that's great. Um, Absolutely. So, but I, I, I love that stuff. Uh, talk about, you know, um, like, be concerned about each other's backstories. Pry a little bit. Mm. Don't um, don't force people to talk, but like notice them. Uh, do things where you say like, while we're at camp, I would like to approach so and so, and just sit with them and say, "Hey, that was a heck of a battle. What'd you think?" You know, and maybe it just starts out simple that way. But if there's one thing that humans like, it's typically to talk about themselves, and. You know, the the beginner's guide to conversation is to ask the other person about themselves. Mm-hmm. And and it's really no different in character. Tell me about you. Um, yeah. And that will often be reciprocated. That's that's natural. Right. Um, one thing I will brag about, um, and I guess you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the majority of the time that I actually play in a game I tend to uh, create pretty strong bonds uh, with my fellow players. Um, yeah, you is especially in recent years. You've kind of, I mean, frankly, you you deliberately make characters that that make that easy. Yeah, I usually try to. It was a little bit trickier in Strahd. Um, yeah. But I think I also <laughs> learned something about myself as a player during that game where I was like, I don't know if I'll ever play someone like that again. Mm. Um, but even then, I still tried to, like, make really positive things happen. I also have to give a shout out to a bad idea um, who's been on this show, uh, Chris, mm. uh, because, like, he and I just kind of get each other when we're mm. playing a game together. Cause we'll both play these like flawed people that have real problems and, but we'll also just totally see it as like an intentional arc thing. Mm. Whereas sometimes other players might find it like, Oh, is this a problem gamer? You know, instead of realizing they're right. doing a thing, you know what I mean? And yeah. so like, I, I really appreciate that about, about him in almost every campaign I've been in. I've had some kind of relationship with another character, um, whether that be romantic or a very strong friendship. Sometimes mm. I have multiple things going on uh, between between those characters. And it really just starts with my characters recognizing what they're doing, mentioning it, um, and asking about their dreams and fears, right? Mm. And really, when you think about it, like... This is just normal relationship stuff, you know, like how do you, how do you win over somebody in any kind of relationship? Like really the, the, the best advice you can give someone is just actually care about them. Stop trying to like roll for seduction. (laughs) Okay. Just talk. Yeah. You know, like as much as I love the mass effect games, they do give us kind of like a bad view of relationship. Like if I just say the right words, if I just flirt in the right way, if I press X at the right time, then eventually this person will sleep with me. Right. And it's like, I mean, most CRPGs, I mean, especially like the newer Bioware ones, 
I mean, they're frankly a big issue with those also stems from the fact that as technology has progressed, oddly enough, uh, it's created a problem of games being able, practically speaking, to offer fewer choices. When it's just text, options are cheap. When something has to be voice acted and animated. Oh, yeah. Well, I and I totally get that it's like a constraint thing. um, But but I think for for someone who doesn't normally understand relationships, they might get the impression of, oh, oh, that's the that's the secret. Right. Is that no. You just have to know the right combination of words, but that's a very sort of manipulative way of looking at it. You're not here trying to trick someone into being your friend or lover. You're just trying to show genuine interest. You know, I, I was at, um, I'm going to give, I'm going to give a a little shout out to, um, I, I feel safe saying a buddy of mine, uh, his name is Scott Morris. He actually, he was working for a GTS game distribution, um, and he's moved on to working for Lucky Duck Games, which is a company um, over in Europe. But when I was at the uh, Gamma conference in Reno a handful of years ago, I remember being in the, uh, they have a bunch of like, panels that are like industry workshops and stuff, kind of small, smaller, intimate things, not like a huge convention panel or something. But um, I remember him mentioning that one of one of the more frustrating things in the industry that um, especially professionals as they get bigger in the business and, you know, if they become a little bit recognizable, everyone wants to network. And everyone wants to try to kind of get ahead. And in in the game industry, it can kind of have this vibe of, you know, it's all who you know. Sort right. of. Well, it comes off as disingenuous, right? Right. So they'll he'll get approached oftentimes by people who really they're looking to only make business inroads or, you know, basically, hey, I want to meet you. Not because I like you or think you're an interesting person, but because, but because you, have some you value. can get me access yeah. to X, Y, Z. You have something that I want instead of I want to form a personal connection with you because you yourself interest me. And that that can apply to so many things. And Scott is one of the best guys I've ever met. Like his whole his personal philosophy, and I, I love this. He'll sign off like letters and stuff with this too. It's always be good, do good. And I feel like he is one of the biggest embodiments I've seen of the secret ingredient. Like the guy actually lives in that way where it's all about kindness and treating people with love and respect and treating people as if they have intrinsic value because they do. And if you bring that kind of philosophy, be good, do good, treat people the way you'd want to be treated, the golden freaking rule that can get you so far, so far. Nobody is ever going to be mad at you for being kind, right? But also treat people the way they would like to be treated. Um, sure. 
Let's keep that in mind as well. Um, assuming you know what that is. Assuming you know what that is and that that's not detrimental to your life, right? right. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, my, my quote of preference there oh, along much the same lines comes from, come from the philosophers, Bill, Bill and, and Ted. Ted. Yeah. Be excellent to each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that line. That's how I, uh, that's my little signature at the end of my personal emails. There you um, go. And I, I enjoy that. And sometimes I forget, I'll be honest. And it's, one thing that my job helps me to, to practice often is, you know, patience, uh, compassion, understanding. Um, because it can be really easy to say something sarcastic, to, to be belittling, to get impatient, to get huffy. Um, you know, especially if, you know, a young person isn't doing what they're supposed to be doing that they know they're supposed Mm. to be doing. Right. Yeah. But then you have to think like, how would I react in that situation? Would that build me up or would that knock me down? And sometimes you just got to know somebody, but. You should always err on the side of kindness. Yeah. I mean, you know, the the worst thing that happens is they just, you know, they just keep on keeping on and, and you realize, okay, I guess that didn't work. But, you know, you catch more flies with honey, you know? Uh, yeah, that's true. But also, let's not think about it like catching flies, right? Well, like. Sure. Because again, I'm, I think I'm just the, going to freaking idioms and stuff. I, I think I think that the opposite of of love in many ways isn't like hate or even apathy. I would say it's manipulation, right? It's con- it's the control, the domination of someone else, mm. right? And I think that a lot of times when we approach relationships, I mean, maybe maybe in an evolutionary way, maybe there's no completely getting away from that. But I will say that we can have a what what I would dare say is a higher level of fulfillment and joy by opening up our hearts and being kind and compassionate to each other. That is perhaps in a way a selfish way to achieve positive vibes. Sure, uh, but if that's selfish, I think I'm okay with that. Um, yeah, I mean, it, right. okay, we we are all individuals who who biologically maybe maybe you are man i'm i'm part of the collective yo the machine um you know we we all have this this uh this instinct to do things that make some part of our life whether it's the next two seconds or you're making an investment for the rest of your life you're doing things that produce a positive result for yourself in some way. You want to make someone else's life better because it makes you happy. You Mm. feel good seeing that you were able to impact this person in a positive way. Maybe that's a little selfish because, you know, you're doing it because you like that feeling. But also, it's just natural incentive. If you think about it that way, it's a biological response that reinforces that using the secret ingredient is good. <laughs> yeah. Right? Nature love. wants you to use love. <laughs> well, it really does, actually. You know, right? it's, uh, it's actually a, a strategy for, for species survival is 
Um, you even see it among uh, various types of animals, such as elephants, um, who will even take on things like babysitting duties, things like aunts and uncles and neighbors matter. Yeah. Know. How cool and is that? It's really, really cool. And it's good ultimately for their survival. And it comes with a double edged sword as they can even feel extreme sorrow uh, at loss. Uh, they can feel fear and, and pain on intense levels, you know, and um, anyway, it's, it's something that, that, fascinates me and you know is something we can we can empathize with um, you know it's um i that uh, i <laughs> we're both like half creating a thought go ahead that that made me just think of uh something that that hadn't occurred to me at all earlier um but i think one dart i would throw up on the board is the flip side of just forgiveness oh yeah that's a really good tip too because in in a social space especially where as much time can be spent as often gets spent at the rpg table like you're typically around these people a lot you're gonna offend each other long stretches (laughs) right you're gonna basically off a lot it's pretty much inevitable so yep Learn to learn, learn to apologize. Yes. And also learn to accept apologies. Like, like, okay. Pro tip when apologizing, don't say I'm sorry if, (laughs) or, but, (laughs) or, but, but's even worse. That, that one's just like straight up aggressive. I'm sorry, Um, but okay. You're about to say some stuff that's going to completely invalidate the apology that you seemed to be edging toward. Like, don't do that. I said something that was insensitive and it made you feel a certain way. And I'm sorry that you felt that way. And that I said that. Right. Even just leaving it at that, like not further trying to explain yourself because like we always just try to like weasel out of the bad feelings. You know, the more, the more you say, the less it means. Right. Exactly. Just, Hey, if, I, I screwed up. I'm sorry. Uh, if anything, I'm really good at this. You know, I get a lot of practice with my wife. <laughs> uh, oh, being married will freaking do that. You know, having, having kids, my, my kids like to watch Daniel Tiger, which mm-hmm. is uh, for anyone who doesn't know, basically it's a cartoon uh, version of the neighborhood of make believe as created by the venerable Mr. Rogers. Um, may he forever rest in peace. He was an amazing person. Um, but on, on a lot of these episodes, they usually have like a theme where they're trying to teach the like kids simple life washing. lessons. Yeah. You know, this is how we wash our hands, blah, 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 blah. Well, mm. one of the episodes, I remember they had this little sing song bit for the lesson where they said, Saying I'm sorry is the first step. Then how can I help? Mm. And that nails it. It's it's not just I'm sorry. That's mm. where you start. Then you follow it with what can I do or is there anything I can do to help make this better? Or at the very least, acknowledge mm-hmm. I, I, I made this mistake. I chose poorly, whatever. I will 
make a conscious effort to to not let that happen again and let the person or persons who were offended know that not only do you just want to make the bad feelings go away, so you're saying sorry, but that you're making conscious effort in your own mind and in your in your gut to say, I understand that this was bad. I want to make sure I understand why it was bad, and I'm going to work to make sure this doesn't happen again if I can help it. Yeah, I think when we talk about the concept of of making up with someone else, like you hear this term restorative justice, right? Hmm. Uh, and punitive justice, meaning like uh, you, um, you take punish it out someone, of their hide. you take it out of their hide, right? A knife yeah. for an eye type stuff. Um, and then the restorative justice is, you know, trying to um, essentially make up for what you did. And, and I like to do this in like just small gestures. Mm. Um, usually if, you know, especially if it's something that's not that bad. So, yeah, I blocked someone's uh, driveway while trying to uh, pick up um, my foreign exchange student when I had him. Mm. Um, and it ended up taking me much longer than I had anticipated to pick him up. Mm. I found that I had been blocking this person. He couldn't leave his driveway. Ah. And so, of course, I said, I'm sorry. Right. Of course. But I didn't feel like that that was enough. Right. Because, I mean, he was like, all right, you know. Yeah. And I'm just like. Like, you did still, like, my wife like, was pregnant and I had to take her to the hospital. But because you. <laughs> I don't think were, it was that extreme. But, I mean, even just a small inconvenience. I mean, I invaded, I essentially invaded his property. Yeah. Right. And, and that's not cool. So, uh, I took a, a, a gift card from, from Starbucks. I went over, I knocked on the guy's door a few days later mm. and I, I'm sure it just weirded him out more than anything. <laughs> probably. But, <laughs> probably. Like he was really confused. Like he's like, am I about to get mugged? Right. And I just said, Hey man, I did this thing and I'm, I'm really sorry. He's like, dude, it doesn't matter. It's fine. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, you don't understand. No, it doesn't. I haven't it does slept in days. You got bags matter. under your eyes. <laughs> I, said, I said, look, I look, there's only 10 bucks on this. Like, don't get too excited, but <laughs> don't get it twisted. I'm not that like, sorry. Like, this is $10. Sorry, not $20. Sorry. Right. Like, you know, but we're, I'm going to restore something to you. I'm going to make your life slightly more convenient because I made it slightly less convenient. Right. right? And I, and, right. and that felt good for me, by yeah. the way. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed that. And I think if nothing else, he'll be able to tell people this funny story about this idiot that came to his house and gave him a Starbucks card. Right. And, and that's good too, you know? Yeah. So he gets, he gets a Starbucks and he gets a funny story. There you go. And, you know, and, and all, and all it cost him was a small inconvenience. In his and, and having to have his child born at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there <laughs> in, was also in, that in the middle of what a funny story. <laughs> you know, <laughs> nah, the kid that's... may have a flat side of their head, but you know, I'm sure that that's going to, <laughs> you know, that you're now going to want to have to one day tell Junior that he was born inside of a kids waiting pool he's uh but you know the next house he buys is gonna be one of those 
those half circle driveways. He's like, I'm not, I will never again have one of those single in single out driveways. No, sir. That's a hazard. It's a hazard waiting to happen. Uh, good old yeah. flathead. Um, <laughs> oh, no, getting back to, um, uh, talking of, uh, about Will Smith. Um, because you know what? I used to sport that lap that oh, flat, top flat top for, for a long time. It's like I beg your pardon. So, uh, being an awkward young person, uh, uh, dating was something that really kind of got away from me, mm-hmm. and uh, I got really out of practice uh, when I was in uh, France for a couple of years doing religious things, mm-hmm. um, and not being allowed to date during that time. And uh, then I came home. And had no game at all. Um, didn't know what I was doing. And so I saw this movie uh, starring uh, America's sweetheart, Will Smith. He's never done anything uh, untoward towards anybody in public ever. ever. Uh, and there's just really no reason to ever criticize him about anything. Uh, so, you know, you can trust him. He's a peach. Uh, he's a peach. <laughs> You might say, you know, he's just like the rock of our nation, right? You know, uh, he's um well, Dwayne Johnson is the rock of our and nation. His, and you know, and his music from back in the day just absolutely slaps. Um, <laughs> you know, it, I'm sorry. When uh, when my That's not secret ingredient, right? When my <laughs> when my friends were listening to like Eminem and I wasn't allowed to listen to any of that. I'd put on some Will Smith and that's the music <laughs> I could get away with. And you know, that gets, they got me through the days, you know, got me through the days. It was something. Oh yeah. I, you know, so I got to know queen really well for the same reasons because my music was inappropriate, but apparently queen was fine. Cause my parents didn't understand their own lyrics. But anyway, uh, um, so point is, yes, I watched hitch. Uh, I love that movie. It's, it's a simple rom-com in many ways, but it's about, a guy who is uh, he calls himself the date doctor, right? Or other people call mm-hmm. him that basically gives advice to men to help them to create relationships with women. And um, the, the misconception it is that he's there to get people um, basically cheap dates and um, sexual encounters. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his goal is not that it is actually, to create uh, meaningful bonds between men and women. Now he does employ some shady tactics, um, especially during the intro where they, you know, this guy essentially kidnaps some girl's dog (laughs) and then the guy saves the dog, you know, so, okay. But the rest of the movie is pretty good, right? Like, as he basically like the, some of my advice, the, the, the advice in that movie that I think is awesome is when he's leading Albert Brenneman, uh, Kevin James's character through I, his like first date with Allegra Cole. And I did want to say, just shout out real quick. I think this might be the first thing that I had ever seen Kevin James in. And he's great <laughs> in this movie. He's, he's oh, yeah. a Good lot of Paul fun. Blart. Um, yeah. It's like the least of his parts. But anyway, um, 
Yeah, I love him as Albert Brenneman because it's so goofy and also sincere at the same time. It really is. So he's he tells a guy like simple things like, you know, where to place his hand on her back so as to not be like, I want to be friends or, you know, I'm just a, a creep. Right. You know, like, here's where you want to be. Um, you know, he says things like when you're walking around, you know, the 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 venue, wherever you're at, you give her some space, but you kind of stay with an eye shot, you know, uh, and that sort of thing. Uh, and then the, the most important thing that he says is when she's talking to you, don't stare at her mouth. Right. And think about how pretty she is. Right. Mm. It was like, listen to what she is saying and then respond hmm. so that that what or like, listen to what she is saying. So that way, when it's your turn to talk, you can respond. Right? Yeah. Like, and it's like, oh, yeah, obviously. But like that, uh, that advice was always just like, be polite. Even his advice, like on the first kiss um, was about going, you know, that 90 percent. Mm. And then waiting for that last 10, there is rule. that 90, 10 rule is, I think, really important because it, it doesn't force the situation, but it is a very clear invitation. Right. right? And uh, I think that's also a, a lovely message. Yeah. So, you know, when, when we're talking about how to make peace at our tables and to create situations where we're going to create lasting bonds and uh, really enjoy these these cooperative games together it really does come from just listening so mm -hmm. that way again when it's your turn you talk and by the way when it's your turn to talk don't just say well i listened to him and my response is to one up them <laughs> oh my god i hate <laughs> oh, that's one of my biggest uh, I, pet peeves like i gotta oh, tell yeah. you yeah and I did something or I Even know something better. or like, <gasps> I, yeah, I've heard somebody say that's nothing I did. And Ugh. like, that makes me want to die. Like, it's just, it's just the worst way to talk to people. Um, I, you know, I don't been, do that. <laughs> I've been, I've been hit by a car while riding my bike. That happened to me once I was on my way to work and I got, there was a car that was at a stop. I was crossing the road on my bike. And this car, I don't know what they were thinking, taking their kid to school, maybe they were distracted, hit the gas hard enough where I went up onto their hood and the pedal of my bike went through their front bumper. I would prefer that <laughs> feeling over any of this one-upsmanship BS ever again hands right? uh, down yep yep i hate it i it's, hate it's, it hate it, it hate it's it. just so insensitive but it's also it also reveals a lot of insecurity and it's just kind of sad frankly and maybe it's something you can help address but i i often find that there's really not much you can do about it and that brings yeah. up probably a good piece of advice to close things out um Sometimes it's not your job to be their therapist. Sometimes it's not your job to help them out. After you have done all that you can, um, maybe maybe you don't belong at that table or maybe they don't belong there. Um, 
that's funny because that was actually the the like final point that was floating in my head was was exactly the same. It was way. like sometimes Some, it's okay to break up. Sometimes you just it's better just to go to go because and I've said this many times before. The only thing worse than no D and D is bad D and D. Yep. I hate bad D and D so much. I would rather do just about anything else. Yep. Um, when when there is no understanding of secret ingredient, when people don't have the same expectations, and when just none of the wavelengths are connecting, it's a I bunch of hard to, work for a bunch of misery. It's just boring, you know, yep. and and it's awkward and it's weird, and you just want to get out. Yep. You know, my acid test is: Would I rather be playing a video game right now? <laughs> you know, that's this. That I mean, granted, there's some amazing, there's some amazing video, video games, games right? out there now. But I should be at least willing to take breaks to play some D and D. And if I'm not, then maybe this game is not for me. Yeah. Um, so I've had I, I've had a few tables I've had to walk away from. Uh, I'm sure everybody has to some extent, um, and that's okay. Yeah. Right? But yeah. in the meantime, let's make sure that we're doing the best to be the kind of person uh, that we would like to see at the table and that um, we think that they would like to see. Yeah. You know, let's be let's be, uh, you know, empathetic and sympathetic and all that other good stuff. And just yeah. think about like one thing I just do is I just try to remind myself when I'm sitting with other players and I just go. OK, think about loving them. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, when I sit down with my students to play, I try to think about what if I love them mm-hmm. and maybe I don't really, but I well, try to think about it. I try to put myself in that headspace. Yeah. And, um, I got to, again, shout out to this, uh, Strixhaven game I'm a part of. It's just everyone in that group is just dedicated to this idea. Yeah. To be loving and compassionate. Nobody's like checked out. Everybody is like bouncing around between each other. They are giving each other's characters compliments. They're noticing their sort of quirks and and uh, personality traits. They're referencing them. Oh, you're the person that would be best suited to solve this problem. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and it's just a, a solid group, just a group of, of people that just, well, they're the kind of people that I want to play with, right? I think yeah. that we just just absolutely nail it. Yeah. I mean, I that that makes me remember like back back when I was a kid, um there was a while where those uh what would Jesus do bracelets became like a really big oh, thing right. yeah. for a while and you know, wh- whether or not, you know, you you fall into the crowd who would get behind those specific things, you know, the the idea of there being this kind of guiding mantra of, you know, what what would I do if I was being loving toward this person? This kind of reminder that will that can even like reset your brain and your attitude even a little bit, you know, that it, it can make a world of difference. And, you know, it's it's easier said than done, especially when you're getting frustrated, especially when it's with with players who who, you know, at a lot of these tables, you might not actually be like 
friends, friends with all of them. You know, some may be acquaintances, some may be a friend of a friend or, you know, anything like that. Sometimes treating those people who you don't have that deeper connection with already, when they're frustrating you, that can be hard. It can be a serious effort of will to go out of your way to be loving. And I am not the best at that. And I think something else that that I uh, that I heard that's helpful when trying to take on something like this, like just, you know, sometimes it can be like a whole new way of trying to just be. And that's every day. Just try to do a little better where at, at the end of the day, you just go. You just ask yourself, did I, was I loving to one person at one time today? You know, can, can you answer yes to that? If you can't try to do it tomorrow, if you can the next day, see if you can do it twice or once to two people, you know, little baby steps. And then before you know it, it's a habit and you're doing it all the time and get addicted to love. Yeah. I feel like, (laughs) oh, I was going to say. I feel like that should be like a rock song. And I was like, oh, it is. Oh, it is. It yeah. is. Might as well face it. You're addicted to love. There you um, go. Um, I wish I could use that as the, for the, for the uh, end sequence of the show. By the way, speaking of, of which, um, if people love this show, what should they do about that? If you love this show, <laughs> please go on a platform that will let you write a review and write us a review and tell us how much you love this show. Let people know. And also, if you want to show that affection in an even more concrete way and do as uh, as the old saying goes, speak with your wallet. Head on over to patreon.com slash inspiration point and join the inspiration point family. And, you know, help us out a little bit. Help make this all even a little more worthwhile and join the family hop on to our our uh, our discord talk with the folks that are on there who are all the lovely people that were mentioned at the beginning of the show um and you know you can support us at whatever level you find is appropriate and we would love to have you and also you know, quick uh, shout yeah. out to jen solo who upped her pledge this week all Thanks for right much. man Jen Solo was one of the fine folks that I met over on Dragnacarta's Patreon. And I remember talking to her um, about some some of her game stuff a while back. I was like, you know, I got a podcast, might be able to help you out. And now she's hooked like a fish on a line. And she's hooked on that secret ingredient because it's so good. It's so good. it's the good stuff man join the family we have people who can attest to its very fine quality you're gonna like the way you feel we guarantee it (laughs) i guarantee (laughs) so keep that in mind and every day try to hand out a little more of that secret ingredient and i bet you before long, you'll feel it coming back to you. Just just keep all of that secret ingredient on the inside of your of your overlong trench coat. 
and just just run up on people in the streets and just open up that trench coat just <laughs> as wide as you be, can. Be a secret ingredient flasher <laughs> just all the time. <laughs> just you just whip that trench coat open and it's just a, a sign hanging from your neck that says, I love you. <laughs> Please don't do this. You will be arrested. Um, Have a good night, everybody. (laughs) Good night, everybody. And until next time, stay inspired. (laughs) Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.